Hi, and welcome to Kindy Week in Review. I'm your host, Stefan Shepard, and rather than going through all the Kindy notes from the week and the charts, I decided to mix things up a little bit this week and conduct an interview. And so I've got here on the show Lucky Diaz and Alicia Gaddis from the fabulous Lucky Diaz and the Family Jam Band, and we're going to be talking to them about kindy music, life in general, and in specific, their new album, Fantastico. So, Lucky, Alicia, welcome to the show. Hey! Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how are y'all doing? Awesome. Really? Yeah, we're getting up. It's a nice, beautiful day, so no complaints. You know, are you ever, are you guys ever not awesome? Because... Uh, well, Alicia is uh, the catalyst for awesome, so she is so... She is so positive all the time that it's impossible to be not positive. Because, because, that's nice of you to say. Yeah, it's true, though. I'm a little contagious. more grumpy than Lucky in the morning. It takes me a little longer. <laughs> and then I'm more up. grumpy at night. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm I'm a, a night person. person. And I'm a morning person. So, so we kind of gear each other up for whatever time period it is during the yeah, day. Yeah, pretty, it pretty much works out. <laughs> are, are, are you both coffee people? Are one of you more a coffee person than the other? Well, you, I mean, you had mentioned to us before, Stefan, that you're not a coffee person. When I met Lucky, I was kind of, he started tricking me into like, he would buy me like those frozen drinks from wherever, like any place that we were that were like chocolatey, gooey <laughs> deliciousness with whipped cream with just a little coffee. And then he would slowly wean me off. And now I'm like, triple espresso, please. No water. Like, so, totally tricked me. So originally it was all the sugar that got you going, and now it's just the caffeine. That's yeah. exactly. It. I'm a serious. I, I I'm actually a serious uh, to a fault. I think about coffee because I grew up. My dad was a really serious coffee guy. So I remember when I became a quote unquote adult out of college and stuff. The first thing I did when I had a job and made a little bit of money. Like, which I probably shouldn't spend on a copy maker was by this espresso <laughs> machine that my dad had, so which I, which I still have in our own kitchen. It's still the one that we you would use. That in college? No, I, when I got out of school, oh. I mean, this is like, oh, it's yeah. like over, it's like almost 15 years old or you something. You take really good care of it. Always so. invest in quality, right? Right. Yes, you buy right. this. Well, yeah, we, we were just talking about this. You buy one thing that might be slightly expensive instead of buying 10 versions of that thing that are quarter of the cost, I think. You're, I don't know. you're still talking me into that concept. I'm still talking. It's part of yeah. being married, I think. <laughs> cool. Well, so my first question, uh, my first formal question always in these interviews I do is asking folks what their first musical memories are. So I want to hear from, from both of you on, on this, but Lucky, why don't you begin? And sure. Um, my first musical memories are being in the backseat of my parents' car. They had um, an Oldsmobile wagon, and I, they would just play the radio. And at that time, consisted mostly of Beatles and America and Bread, like a lot of like early '70s singer-songwriter and band stuff. Like not so much Zeppelin or anything like that, but just um, a lot of singer-songwriting from the '70s, I think. And then obviously oldies, what they were calling oldies at that time, <laughs> which are really old now. But you know, uh, Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, The Temptation, like any Motown stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, and being in the backseat of my my parents, like just singing along. And my my parents aren't musical at all. But they would sing to the songs, and I, I think that was our, our musical. That was my musical education in the beginning. I think. How about you, hon? Um, well, 
I, I think Vine is my my grandpa. Um, his name is Pete Dudley. He was part of a bluegrass band called the BG Express. <laughs> and, um, my grandpa's pretty amazing. He he taught himself how to play the guitar when he was like sixty, and decided he would be in a bluegrass band. So he did, and we spent all the summers um, touring around with him in his um, trailer, like you know the trailers that attach to pickup trucks, right. And so we'd go around the country and, or go around the tri-state area and go to different bluegrass festivals. And he played the lead guitar and was a singer and wrote all the songs and then told jokes to the audience. And I learned how to dance that way, too, like because all the women clogged with the fiddle. So I would like to be at the front row dancing like a maniac, like I still do. And my grandpa just like <laughs> playing guitar. And it was just, I mean, you know, pure joy. It was awesome. That, that, that is that is one heck of an encore career. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's a real Renaissance man. You'd yeah, really get a he kick really out is. Of Pete, him. Pete Dudley's a. I, I, it's interesting that to hear Alicia speak about him just now because he really is a huge inspiration. I think for Alicia when I when I I mean in knowing you know um, your papa as you call him he's yeah. he's a real. He's a really inquisitive and curious he is, guy. He was like a tornado yeah. chaser, and then he owned a bait shop. And then he trained he, pigeons for a while. Yeah, trained carrier pigeons, and he then. Uh, He's the only one seemingly in Alicia's family that really <laughs> truly understands Alicia's quest for wonder, you know, wonderlust and uh, creativity. Yeah, I think. He's, yeah. A, he's a character, he all is, right. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, uh, how about uh, L- Lucky in particular, but also Alicia uh, as, as well? Um, talk a little bit about how you got from that musical background. I mean, you mentioned Lucky that uh, your parents uh, weren't necessarily musicians themselves; they just obviously enjoyed music. How you, how you went from that background to becoming a musician? Yeah, sure. It's it's interesting. I um, I mean, throughout my childhood, I, I my dream was to be a professional baseball player. So I spent almost every single moment, um, even almost through high school, playing baseball. But um, I remember I I think I I got mono or something in middle school, and I think that it was around the around around that time. And my um, my mom and my my father really enjoyed going to flea markets and antique shops. And my mom went to a flea market, and I remember saying I had a I, I was a really enterprising young man having a paper route and stuff. So I always had cash on me. I was kind of a, I don't know what was my deal, but my, I remember my mom saying, Hey, do you have any cash? Cause I'm going to the flea market. And I don't have time to stop at the bank. Cause in those days, I don't think ATMs were as prevalent as they are now, but I was like, yeah, sure. And like, you know, I think I gave her $20 or something. And she came home that same day, that morning and she said, Oh, um, I didn't, I, I didn't find anything. I found this guitar for you. So here you go. I bought you a guitar with the $20 that you gave me. And I was like, really upset about it <laughs> i said where is my 20 dollars?" said no I, well, I bought you this, this guitar i thought it would be a really great thing for you to have and i said oh um wow this is it well i was really upset and i threw it in the closet or something i'm like i want my money back and i, I, I think i was around uh, 11 or 12 years old and so then uh i don't know a couple of weeks passed by and i pulled it out and i got really curious about it because i had mono i was stuck at home i couldn't play baseball and I really started getting really interested in it. And my dad had this friend, um, this guy named Dennis Talley, who I'm not too I'm not too sure if he's still around anymore, but he was just great. Like he was a guy that my dad knew that played the blues at local clubs and stuff. He was like the guitar like his guitar player. And and he said and um he asked me, he said, Oh, you seem to be interested in do you want to get some lessons from Dennis? And I said, Yeah, th- yeah, that would be cool. So he arranged for me to have I, a, a lesson. But Dennis, so my dad one day, this is actually a really funny story. My dad gave me a note. 
Um, and he said, take this to the liquor store on your way to Dennis's house and pick something up and then make sure Dennis gets it. And here's a note. And you give the clerk this note. And I said, okay. And the, and the liquor store was in the neighborhood I delivered newspapers in. So the, the guys knew the you know, two old guys that ran the liquor store knew who I was. So I went to a liquor store, had the guitar on my bike, had the note in my pocket. Um, I rode to the liquor store. I gave the clerk the note. I didn't even bother looking at it myself. The clerk opened it, read it, looked at me, looked back at the note, turned around and he pulled off a, a fifth bottle of Jack Daniels and he put it in a brown bag and he told me, he said, you know what to do with this, right? And I said, I think so. <laughs> so he gave this bottle of, of whiskey to me and I, again, I'm here, imagine like this 11-year-old kid on a bike with a fifth of Jack Daniels and a guitar case on his handlebars <laughs> riding to this guy's house. So I knew, I kind of knew, knocked on the door. He it lived in, he smoked incessantly. So his house, just like he opened the door and it just smoked like his wife, Patty, opened the door and it smoked, smoked like cigarette smoke. She's like, oh, you're here for your guitar lesson. And they all talked this way. I thought, oh, yeah, sure. I'm here for my guitar lesson. So um, it turns out that Dennis wouldn't take the money any money from my dad but he would take the whiskey from my dad so i gave uh dennis the bottle of whiskey and i said my dad told me to give this to you and he looked at it he said oh your dad's a funny guy and so he sat down poured himself a, a generous glass of jack daniels and started to teach me playing guitar and by the time he was too inebriated to teach me anymore i knew my lesson was over so he would just say get out of here i'll see you next week and so <laughs> that's the that's the auspicious beginnings of what I'm now doing for children. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that, that sounds just like how I started my organ lessons. <laughs> that, that, without a doubt, is the best sort of, is the best introduction to music story I've ever heard. That's, well, well yeah, well, yeah it's 100% accurate. I, I can't believe in telling it. I, I haven't told it that often, but that, that, is, what, what, that is what happened. I, I picture Callie. you as a little kid on your little bike. I was such a good little kid, too. I, I, could, I was a good boy. I didn't do that many bad things, if any. I mean, I did, I'm you sure, in high school. Serious, yeah, well, I was really afraid of my father, so I, I really wouldn't have done it. And I... I just didn't have any. I it was a very funny thing. I just said, "Oh, here you go, Dennis." So, so and that lasted for about six months, and then I, I or even, yeah, maybe even less. And I ended up going to like the best guitar teacher in our, in our town, and and that, it progressed from there. And I ended up my knees gave out in high school, and then I ended up going to music college, and you know here I am now. So that that's basically how it turned out. Uh, Alyssa, are are you? Do you have? I, I mean, do you have formal musical? I mean, how much musical training do you have? I, you obviously have a lot of performance experience, um, but I, I I don't know if that how much of that is musical, and how much of that is you know you you do stand up and and other performing. Good question. Uh, no, my my I have I can play absolutely zero instruments at all. That's not true. <laughs> I, uh, you play the tambourine. I was gonna say you rock the tambourine. Yeah. Keep that in my hand so I don't look awkward. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> no, I um I always have been in theater. That's my background, and so um and dance. And so I started dancing when I was like three or four, not with whiskey in my back pocket, but um <laughs> I, you know like a normal kid with a tutu, and then I. Um, I I always knew I either was going to go into political science or to theater. And so when I applied for colleges, I literally did, did two separate types of applications and then ended up going to, thank goodness, to NYU, to Tisch, 
And then right out of um, college, I was really lucky and got cast in a Broadway show. And so I've done, I did professional theater. Um, I did Broadway. And then from Broadway, I moved to do a show at the Sydney Opera House. So I was there doing a show, at the, which was amazing. It was the best job of my life, like to walk and uh, walk to work and it be the Sydney Opera House every day. And just to see it and be like, this is my, this is my job. And so I performed there um, doing a theater for a really long time. And then I moved here and to do it, actually a TV show that got um, shelved. And I was about ready to move to L.A. is what I mean by here. And then I was about ready to move back to New York to go do theater again. And literally then I met Lucky. And so my, my background was always dance and singing um, in, in theater. Okay. So um... – but I don't even play a recorder. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, but, I, you know, the, the, the tambourine is an important musical instrument. And oh, so. it is very. And I don't, play, I don't give it a change the sound of Motown. Without, you take the tambourine Absolutely. out of Motown. Then you don't have Motown. You've got something that's awesome. But no, I, I admire musical instruments. Lucky gives me a lot. I can play some chords on some things. And I'm always interested in learning. But it's definitely not my forte. I have a lot of respect for it. The musicality. Okay, so uh, I want to move now into the the new album, Fantastico, and uh, Lucky, can you just tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea for Fantastico, which for listeners who might not be familiar, it, uh, it's a Spanish language album, uh, but <laughs> it is a, an album that uh, recasts uh, right. Lucky Diaz and the Family Jam Band's uh, hits uh, in in English uh, into Spanish language songs. So, uh, which is a little different than a lot of the other Spanish language uh, albums that have uh, been released here over the past uh, few years. And so, uh, Lucky, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about uh, how that idea came about. Sure. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it, and it's, bas- it's, it's basically what you said. It's select songs that we've done, except for one new one. But um, we, had, we were in Texas uh, last year, I think, and um, visiting my parents in San Antonio. And um, Ella, um, our daughter, got very inquisitive about – my, my mom's a, an artist, and she, um, she's like this cultural – uh, Maven, like she's all about our culture, and she's like, "Oh, the culture!" And she, she's really a um, colorful character. And maybe you should preface with both of your parents are first generation Mexicans. Yeah. Yes, and um, and so my mom's a real cultural. Uh, I'm trying to th- savior. I think it was. I think I coined her the cultural savior. She's always <laughs> talking about our culture, and so Ella got really interested and curious about our culture, and. Um, you know, my mom essentially suggested that I should do some songs in Spanish because the kind of work that we do is so different and it's not as readily available (laughs) for Spanish speaking kids. And so I thought it would be really fun to, to, you know, kind of take that model and, um, merge them with, you know, that idea merge them with some songs that we've already written and to, to really kind of, it's kind of just an introduction. I loved how you called it kind of not quite an album, an EP, a little bit more than EP, maybe an EP, but it, it's just kind of a taster of, I think, of things to come in terms of um, our Spanish language portion of our um, of our work, you know. And so, what were the challenges you experienced in terms of bringing this to fruition? Well, yeah, there was a few. I mean, initially, I wanted to translate 
a lot of we did we translated quite a lot of songs like lines and dots and the cha- the largest challenge was making the translations work in a real organic and natural way because the spanish language is so i mean language translations are so i feel ambiguous sometimes yeah and, and so it, it, it yeah. idiosyncr and idiosyncratic exactly that's a much better word so it, it, i i think it, it became a, a huge challenge for it to translate properly at times it became and clunky, right? it, yeah it became very clunky and i thought for me you know as a songwriter i, I really always feel that the melody is you know, always comes first. I mean, uh, lyrically, you know, it depends on which side of the street you're on, but I always feel that a great song should be able to be hummed or whistled or, or just kind of in your head. And so I think that that was the ideal when we um, finished all the translations and the ones that you hear on Fantastico achieved that and the ones that you don't hear didn't. So, I mean, we did a lot of songs. I mean, we must be sitting on like about 10 other songs that we worked with. Um, Noe Benitez, um, a producer in Texas, who's a Tejano producer that we enlisted the help of because I felt that to do this, we needed some real proper um, guidance from someone that, that is in, in, you know, kind of in that world, you know, I didn't, I'm treating it with the utmost respect because in Latin culture, I feel that it's just, um, well, with any kind of culture, it's, you want to approach it with the best, you know, respect possible. I think when it comes to, to, to making content, I think. Right. Oh, and you know, obviously, uh, there is a wide range of different musical styles um, for Spanish language music, and that you know the Tejano style is is a lot different than than other styles that you would hear. And so yeah. certainly, uh, talking with uh, and working with people who are more immersed in that is uh, uh, a good idea. It also your your comments about the translation make me think about um, De Colores, which. Oh yeah, uh, I, I've yet to hear an English language translation of that song that doesn't just sound. And I don't, I don't want to say bad. But, I know, but I, it's it, hard to find a translation that is anywhere the equal of the Spanish language, the original Spanish language version of that song. And so you know, it's 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 obviously difficult to do that translation and make a song not sound um, dorky for lack of a better word. No, no, that's exactly it. And that's why some of the songs, even on Fantastico, like ABC is a place to be, becomes a number song. Um, yeah, that completely the, like, Yeah, and I mean, uh, <clears throat> This Old Man, is, it's actually really fun because it's um, La Rata Vieja, which is another, it's, it's, it's a nursery rhyme in the same vein as This Old Man, but not This Old Man, because we, we did translate it, you know, verbatim, and it just didn't feel right. So it just felt like, okay, well... I really like the song and Noe really loved the song. He's like, I, I really think that we should do an adaptation of this other traditional. And it, so it's still in the same vein, you know, just different. It's recast. As, recast. That's as a, much as a translation. Exactly. So uh, are you playing these songs in Spanish uh, from Fantastico live? We are. We've, we've, we, and for a while we've been playing um, Tres Ratones and we've been, we played um, La Vibora and a, and a couple other ones. We were just on uh, Univision, which was um, really uh, interesting and fun. And I never th- imagined myself being so on Univision. And for some reason, for my parents, like I'd finally made it. You know? <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm Yosmion. Oh, you were on Univision. Oh, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> I thought like anything else I've ever done like didn't matter as long as I was on Univision, so that was pretty funny. But yeah, we played a couple of songs live. Yeah, and playing them live for someone, for me, I, I, uh, 
speak Spanish slowly, but understand quite well. And I'm learning even more daily and we're trying to make our home even more bilingual. Yeah. But just to, uh, I, the thing that I love is performing the songs in front of a, often predominantly English speaking crowd, but then there'll be like Spanish speakers or bilingual speakers in the audience. But the ability that the songs, like people end up dancing, the little kids, I mean, the kids, if, if they feel the music in their bodies, they're moving. And right. then they're, and then by the end of the song, they're ending up singing like la vivo, la vivo, la, by the yeah. time and they may, hopefully they, they picked up a few words by the end. And that's yeah, we've really been getting cool. lots of letters from people saying that they are, that they're finding it to be an incredible educational tool which I was totally shocked by. And I mean, now looking back on seeing that is um, surprising to me, I guess I should say, because I didn't, that wasn't the intention. It was just the intention was it to be fun. But I, a lot of people are saying, Oh, you know, um, I'm a Spanish speaker and my um, husband, wife is not. And we really wanted something that would introduce something to our child in terms of our Spanish or, so, you know, or another language, even there's a lot of non-Spanish speaking households at all that just wanted to have an introduction of, of a new language. And so they're excited because they're able to, you know, they're already maybe fans of songs like say what, and which is an exact translation in que dices. And they're um, really excited because in some cases, even the kids are like, Oh, I, li I like this even more than I like the other version. And they're learning it's almost like I feel like that happens a lot with French, you know? There's always, like, all these cute French songs and poems and things, and people always yeah. pick up that. There's yeah. that vernacular in the English language, yeah. you know? And so that happens a lot. And it maybe not as much with Spanish, but it's cool to see that it, maybe this can help out, I guess. Cool. So I, I, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? Okay. Oh, no, 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 That was it. Uh, I, I think we're getting close to the end of our, our time for our chat here. So I, I wanted to ask um, what's what's coming up for you both in the band and individually. I know, Alicia, Alicia, you're working on a on a book. And so I, if you could just share with us uh, what y'all are doing. It's crazy. Uh, we are we already have another album, actually, and a whole original record that we recorded in New York um, during the winter um, that is I think I'm really incredibly proud about yeah, and excited it's our, about. It's our, um, I think our, I think our best it's album the best to one. date. Yeah. I mean, we've, it's like the biggest collaboration. We pulled in so many amazing different artists outside of the kids music genre. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really great. And it's going to be out September. It's a little nerve wracking because it's taking a lot of, I don't, I don't know, just a lot of um, resources in terms of it. I mean, everything in terms of our input into it and, and really, I don't know, it's exciting. We recorded it in upstate New York and, and here and here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's all, it's all done on um, two inch tape and the songs we joined with, um, uh, an artist named Michael Farkas, who's in this band called the Wyos and, uh, they're a New York city band and, um, really great kind of old time, um, kind of blues. They just played Carnegie Hall actually last, yeah. last week or so. They but, sold uh, it out. Yeah, they did. But, um, so we're excited about that. So that's kind of our, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny thing to have done. I can't believe that we actually got all this stuff done. But right. We're and we're working on like so many other, like other supplement projects to go with this new album release, yeah, so. like videos and excitement in terms of that way. Like we've really been working on this, this, this album, in, I mean, this, both the albums at the same time, and then Fantastico came out, and then we're still working on this next one. 
but it's been pretty all like like you said all encompassing and that's nice of you to mention the book and all that kind of stuff and yeah, cause, just you know, it's an amazing accomplishment <laughs> it's very exciting but we're just non-stop and we leave in june no may 30th to tour across america for the entire month of june yeah like, we'll see we went, you we'll see all yeah. our friends paul stark in st louis yeah we're just, we're just headed people. all over which is kind of crazy like we're yeah. planning all this stuff we're literally finishing the album two days before and then we're heading on the road yeah. to, to wow. just yeah it's gonna be awesome but it's and we're fun. taking ella and seeing all our families and texas indiana and then yeah. heading to new york new, new york, york again, so, so it's gonna be an awesome summer yeah. <laughs> really busy yeah. right, we're, yes crazy that's how we like it though yeah, that's it. <laughs> better, better than the alternative i always say <laughs> right i'd much rather i mean what are you gonna do sit, all, sit and twiddle your thumbs on the I couch don't so. i don't know no kindy is not a twin a thumb twiddling community <laughs> that's the truth no there's a lot of i think it was heidi swetberg had said the other day like i think we had posted something like we feel like someone had called us modern day gypsies and she had said that Orin had called her or all what we do kind of the, the last cowboys of the, <laughs> you know, and I, I totally agree i mean i, I think that this is you know, we were all just at Kindy Fest a couple weeks ago, and yeah, someone asked about awesome. why it is, you know, what our motives are, or like what would, I think it was a more of a financial question. And I thought, and I think, and I was on a panel, and my answer was, well, it's not about the finances for us, it's about a way of life. I mean, this is like, I don't want to sound cliche or something. I just feel like this is what we do. We have, we have a real passion for children's music and living and traveling. And I think that it's not really about, you know, obviously, you have to make means, but like, it's all about the work and the lifestyle, you know, and, and in a lot of ways we're, tra we're, we're carrying on the tradition of Alicia's family by being <laughs> traveling, you know, troubadours or something, you know? Awesome. Well, Lucky, Alicia, I want to thank both of you for joining me today yeah. on the show. Uh, thank you for including us, really. And uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in and downloading and listening. If uh, you have any questions, please, as always, send me an email at zooglobal at earthlink.net. Uh, if you download the podcast or listen to the podcast through iTunes, I, as always, I would appreciate if you took the time to rate and or review the podcast there. And with that, Lucky Alicia, thank you again. Yay. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, really, thank really you for everything. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Awesome.